Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Yuri Kruman on the line with us. He's an HR organizational expert and he wrote a new upcoming book called uh, How to Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief. Uh, Yuri, uh, we've known each other for a while, but for our audience, would you like to take a moment to kind of introduce yourself, let people know who you are, and kind of let uh, them know what kind of inspired you to kind of set off on the journey of writing a book? Absolutely. First of all, Leonard, thank you very much for having me on. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. A um, bit of background about me. I've been doing uh, HR consulting. I come in as an interim head of HR to various companies and essentially build up their strategic HR function beyond just you know benefits, payroll, and um, compliance uh, to something much more thoughtful, uh, aligned, meaning coaching people as well, building up the systems to help the company grow sustainably, and, uh, you know, then you turn the engines on and, and go. And um, in terms of other work I've done, um, it's been um, quite a few clients around executive coaching, helping people to either change careers or get better at their work or sometimes just change jobs or companies. And um, what really prompted the writing of this book um, even before the pandemic, I had an idea for this book. Uh, at the time, the title was called Mastering the Talk to Master Your Life, which is really connected to my first company, Master the Talk Consulting, which is coaching. Um, you know, my life story, trying to be very brief here, um, is, is basically I changed careers six times. I've moved around 20 plus times in my, you know, almost 38 years. I'm a Russian immigrant, so a, a lot of what I've had to do in life just to adjust to a new context, new city, new country, um, you know, new industry and job and all, all that kind of stuff has been through language, right? For me, everything revolves around language and psychology. The way that I've been able to open a lot of doors, which came to me without any connections or experience, quite frankly, really is by being able to access the language and psychology of my intended audience, whether that's, again, you know, trying to work in a bank or a health tech startup or trying to get on a coaching platform or, at this point, let's say, to, to do HR consulting. So all of those things I've had to do essentially from scratch without much experience. And I, I don't need to tell you, I know you've also had quite a, quite a story of you know, dealing with a lot of changes and upheaval and all of that, it's, it's, it's very difficult because, you know, you often don't have the support that many other people do. You don't have the resources that a lot of other people do. And you often don't know how to ask for help because you're used to doing things by yourself. And the reason that I wrote this book was because looking at, let's say, a younger version of myself where, okay, you know, immigrant kid, got, got some brains, but you know, maybe overeducated, but zero life skills. And there's nobody there to, you know, teach you how not to get screwed with your finances or how to how to manage those finances. Never mind how to manage your career or start a business. Or, you know, how, how do you detect psychopaths, for example, in the workplace? Apparently the higher you go, the more likely psychopaths are to be there. 
at the top. Or let's say, how do you deal with other people? How do you start and manage relationships? Or very simply, how do you clear the baggage from your head? I mean, it's, it's a lot of layers and, and a lot to unpack there, but even something like biases. How do you know that you are biased against yourself, against other people, right? It, it's hard. You have to do a lot of work on yourself and you're often in the dark because, again, you, can't, you don't know how to ask for help. So the book really grew out of, of essentially me looking back at myself as a kid and saying, you know what, if only I had this book, then imagine you know, where I would be now. I don't, I don't have any regrets about life, God forbid. But I just, I think about that, you know, really ambitious immigrant kid somewhere, I don't know, in Russia or India or China or America or anywhere, who has the brains, the drive, the motivation, but has zero in terms of resources, understanding of how the world works, no map, no roadmap, and really no life philosophy. And it's not just about the little kid, it's, it's about, I think, in our time, there is no such thing as life philosophy. There's a lot of very transactional kinds of conversations or um, conversations in the mind. You know, everything is about the next technology or, you know, how do I get a quick hit? How do I win this business deal? There's no overarching um, sort of way of looking at the world and how to, how to live a good life. And you have, of course, you know, all the ancient religions, which are still here, but most young people are really turned off from that. I think unjustly. I think it's, it's, it's actually not a great thing. But the point is, I, I had to write this book for that little kid that I was who didn't have much for resources or mindset, but had all the motivation and, and, and smarts and drive in the world. So that's, that's why I wrote this. Yeah, I can see that. There are a lot of well-educated people out in the world today, especially with how schools have kind of improved and the education system and resources being available, such as YouTube, Google, and so forth, where you could have access to any of the information you want pretty much at the fingertips. But I do see that lacking in regards to like resources, connection, mindset, and things like that in a lot of these smart and talented people. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I could see how this book could really go out there and fulfill that void in that section, is you kind of had this uh, originally being named Mastering the Talk, and you've kind of made it more of a political type uh, title with Becoming Your Own Commander-in-Chief. Why did you kind of make that switch, and uh, what's like the reasoning behind that? <laughs> Great question. I appreciate that. You're the first one who asked me why, why I chose that title. Um, it, it obviously is not a book about politics. It's not a book about history. Although, of course, let's say history is a major factor in trying to figure out yourself and where you stand. Uh, it's, it's meant to, to provoke a little bit, right? It's not be your own president. I think Stephen Colbert has that one down. He's got some swag around it. It's not, obviously, God forbid, be your own God or something stupid like that, which is nonsense. It's, it's really saying, look, you have the ability, you have everything you need inside you in order to command yourself, right? You have many different faculties, which you can look at like uh, branches of the army, right? Um, you have all the advisors you need, even if you think you don't, even if you don't have actual people in your brain trust, right? 
you have lots and lots of information. You have coaches. You can. You don't even have to hire them. You don't have to pay them. You can listen to their podcasts. You can listen. You can read their books. You can pick up so much knowledge and context just to help yourself grow, even if you don't have much in terms of money or resources, or for that matter, time. Right. So be your own commander in chief. It's it's really saying, look, a commander in chief ironically doesn't have that much leverage. It seems, seems to be the most powerful position in the world, but that person is really bound by the forces of history, politics, geopolitics, social dynamics, you name it, right? In, in the way the, the president, or really, you know, in the case of the U.S., it's the president and the commander-in-chief, is someone who must act, but they must act with limited information, limited resources, and limited time. And it's, it's that kind of thing, if you approach your life that way, that yes, I have limited resources, knowledge, and time, but I have to act. How do I, you know, think about risk? How do I minimize risk? Obviously, when you're fighting a war or a battle, there's no way in hell you're going to go in unprepared because you're going to lose, right? Or you have to understand who is your enemy. Your enemy is not really necessarily external. Your enemy is usually internal. It's your biases and notions and, and, you know, certain ideas that you have about how the world works, which may be just completely wrong, right? So the point of, of, of the book is really saying, look, if you embrace these four layers, imagine you're going up a mountain, you're starting at the bottom, right? It's all about, again, language and psychology. So it's a conversation that you have either with yourself or with other people, um, you know, externally or internally. And the first one is with your body. So how do you treat yourself when it comes to nutrition, fitness, breathing, biorhythms, sleep, things like that, right? Just the foundation. Without that, what do you, how, how can you even engage in any other conversations? You won't, you won't have the energy or the time. Number two, going up that mountain, imagine you're kind of going up a path to reach the top. So the, the second level is your mental models and life skills. This comes you know, back to that biases and notions. And hey, how do you manage expectations or how do you manage your stress? You know, never mind your career, business, and uh, finances, right? How do you make decisions? How do you minimize risk? What is your worldview? How do you see yourself and what's going on in the world? Do you have a clear understanding of what, what is happening? Right? So the third piece going up the mountain is dealing with other people. That's kind of like that sexy coaching stuff, right? Hey, treat, you know, teach me how to negotiate or teach me how to ace the interview or whatever, right? That's, yes, it's conversational intelligence, but it's also it's saying, you know what, who belongs in my circle and who doesn't based on my mission, values, and vision. Okay, I should be able to filter out the wrong people that are maybe here to steal my energy or try to screw me over or they're just jealous and they're, they, they prevent me from going where I need to go. And then once you get rid of the wrong people from your circle, you can go in 300%. Here's that kind of 10x subject, right? You can't 10x everything. 10x the things that matter the most. Okay, so dealing with other people cut away the wrong ones, focus on just the right people in your circle, then you can focus completely on adding value to them and, of course, deriving value for yourself, whether that's monetary, social, or just, you know, because you love somebody. And then going up the mountain to the top, you have a conversation with God or the universe. 
And that's, that gets complicated, right? Because a lot of, as I mentioned, a lot of young people, they, they are almost like, you know, <laughs> uh, they, they run away from religion because they see it as uh, very restrictive. They see it as, you know, I, I don't need all, all of these things in my life. Um, you know, I'm a free person and religion is just going to make me a slave. Whereas in practice, it's ironically often the opposite. Freedom of choice, as we know in America, means often there's nothing to choose from, right? I mean, if you go to the store, you have 500 different kinds of cereal. It's going to be very tough to choose the one you like if you have no clue about your values and mission and nutritional values, for that matter, right? So religion, it's not to say that, you know, every religion is a, is a magic pill or a silver bullet. It's not at all. But it is an established set of rituals, of some elements of philosophy, um, you know, certain ways of organizing your day, your week, your month, your year, in, in order to understand where you belong, you feel part of something greater than yourself. So that's part of, let's say, a community, part of maybe, um, you know, some larger group out in the world. But not everything that you do has to be reinventing the wheel. And unfortunately, too many young people do just that. And they look left and they look right and they say, oh, that one has this, this one has that. Why don't I have that? Right? And that, that's, that really gets people away from that sense of control. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what all this is for. And okay, so you know, if I'm trying to figure out why did God put me through all this, right, then at least I'll ask the right questions and I'll start understanding, okay, why did I have to go through that trauma? Or I don't know, maybe I was a homeless, God forbid, or I don't know, I had to, I was thrown out of a job, you know, maybe it was five times, even. who knows, right? Why did I have to go through all that? Well, probably so you can go and help other people that are going through something similar to, you know, short circuit that process or maybe not go through as much pain or maybe... Maybe save money, maybe, you know, build their business more efficiently, right? But once you understand why you had to go through certain trauma and through certain experiences, which were very unpleasant and difficult, and you connect that with a bigger picture, like, okay, God put me through that so I can help others, ironically, your life becomes a lot more focused and meaningful, and you know the impact that you're making, because you see it right in front of you, and you're aligned with that. And you know that once you do something long enough, which you're very good at, which you really like, and that adds value, which is what we call zone of genius, you will almost inevitably be successful in, in something, eventually, if you stick with it long enough. Yeah, I completely agree with that, and thank you so much for explaining why the title is called Being Your Own Commander-in-Chief, and kind of walking through the details of exactly the step-by-step -step process that the reader kind of goes through, all the way from exercising, getting rest, nurturing the body, all the way up to meeting people, and all the way up to finding religion and dealing with that. Uh, it's about time for us <laughs> to hop off for a commercial break. Uh, where can people find you online? You can just go to my website, yurikruman.com, Y-U-R-I-K-R-U-M-A-N.com, and then everything else can go from there. I have everything linked to it. And they can find the book on the website? It's up on Amazon right now in ebook form, and the hardcover will be out in probably early June. Okay, perfect. And we'll be, um, you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. 
be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com now back to grow your influence tree hey everyone welcome back to grow your influence tree leonard kim here with yuri krum and the author of be your own commander-in-chief uh we kind of talked about the uh process that a person would go through uh, when they're going through the five different phases and developing out their way to the top and kind of the challenges that a commander-in-chief really faces and like the political world, kind of like with our presidents over here in the United States, and how they have to sometimes work with limited information, make decisions with their peers, and so forth. And when we kind of look at our own lives, that's a lot similar to what we're doing with ourselves. Uh, One of the things that uh, Yuri kind of mentioned is that when you kind of make your way to the top, you kind of find your way and you're surrounded with a lot of like psychopaths and things like that. Uh, Yuri, why do you think that is? Well, I think it's very simple, right? Who, what, I mean, who are psychopaths, number one? They're people that have little regard for the feelings of others, never mind, uh, you know, sometimes it's social graces. They unfortunately don't have that um, kind of, I don't want to say capability, but, you know, on some level, maybe it's partly genetic, partly epigenetic. It's, it's some inability to feel the pain of others, and that inability predisposes them to more or less just barge through and, and, and not care, to make their voice heard above everyone else, um, to impose their will, and, and, you know, it doesn't take a genius to realize why people like that swim up to the top. 
right? And there are certain industries yeah. which, you know, unfortunately predispose people like that to succeed, um, you know, well out of proportion. Um, but I would say that, you know, in, in most, especially very high pressure, highly regulated environments, like, let's say, you know, finance, uh, medicine, um, you know, consulting, in law, it's, it's just very competitive to begin with, right? I mean, if you go to Harvard Business School or, I don't know, Yale Law School, um, you know, or Stanford Medical School, right? I mean, you're going to be surrounded with incredibly ambitious people, incredibly hard-charging, driven people. And at a certain level, you know, toward the top, everyone is super smart. Everyone is super driven. You know, er everyone is, is very quick and savvy, so the people that swim all the way up to the top within that layer are the ones that are, frankly, ruthless because they have no regard for, you know, social graces or pleasing someone. They are dead set on being up top. And, you know, again, if you talk about investment banking, you can watch all kinds of videos um, by former iBankers about the kinds of behavior that, that at least used to happen, let's see, in London back 10 years ago. Um, you know, you have all, all kinds of crazy, I don't know, parties with hookers, cocaine, you name it. And if you think about it, I mean, who are the kinds of people that are going to be drawn to that? Either people that are already not, not exactly caring about social graces, they just, you know, they want to be at the top and these are the perks, or young people that are looking up to that. So you got a toxic mixture. It's not complicated to see why psychopaths often end up at the top. Yeah, so that kind of makes sense. Do you think it kind of makes it extremely difficult for someone who may be compassionate, someone who might have a lot of empathy, someone who might really care about others to really make it to the top because of how it's been predestined to rise up from the get-go and the type of people who really have gotten to the top in the past, do you think it's the similar type of people or do you think that's kind of changing and giving root for other people who want to be their own commander-in-chief but don't kind of have those um, quote-unquote psychopathic um, tendencies? You know what I think, Leonard? I think you and I are actually very similar in this regard. I think the, the only way to counteract that, because again, someone who's a psychopath or is incredibly insightful and, let's say, emotionally manipulative, never mind in other ways, that person will very quickly see if you're hiding something, okay? Meaning you're hiding, I don't know, that you failed some exam or you're making some, making up some nonsense on your LinkedIn. People that are psychopaths are very perceptive, which is, which is very interesting, right? Like they don't, they don't care for the opinions of others. They, they don't trample on your throat without a, without a second thought. But they're very sensitive to, you might be hiding something. So ironically, the people that are most dangerous to psychopaths are actually people that are fully transparent. People that are not afraid of their failures. They state them up front. They're completely open about their journey. They turn their guts inside out. Those are the people that are able to, you know, kind of counteract psychopaths because there is nothing that prevents a person who's totally open, you know, nothing's going to get to that person. Because like, okay, well, you, you know, you're pointing to my failures. Okay, I'm pretty open about my failures. <laughs> what, what do you have on me? All right, so if you look at the past election, you know, Trump versus Biden, 
I, I think, again, this is all on a relative level because, yes, all politicians, unfortunately, have to, you know, engage in certain Machiavellian tactics. But I think on a relative level, when you compare, again, this is very, very superficial. I obviously don't know either person. I'm not going to sit here and, and judge them. But if you compare Biden's style, how he ran his campaign versus how someone like Trump ran his campaign, right, you see an immediate contrast. You see someone who is has lived a life of obfuscation, right, Trump. I mean, if you live in New York, you know his story pretty well. He's been sitting and writing off taxes for 30 years and, and going bankrupt five times. And, you know, he's been a womanizer and he's, you know, he's been unabashed in his kind of, you know, B-level celebrity status and all that stuff until he got all the way to the top, right? So he kind of like machinated his way and he, he created a persona that, that was very different probably from reality, according to his niece and many other people. And then you have Biden. Yes, he's a career politician. Yes, of course, he's had to, has had to do his dance. I, mean, I don't think anyone um, is, has illusions about that. But on a relative level, you know, he's been through terrible loss in his life. You know, he's been pretty open about having to deal with that. And, you know, he's more empathetic. Yes, he's a politician. Yes, there's, there's all that kind of, you know, stench. But when you look at the contrast in styles, he's a lot more transparent. He's more with the people. And, you know, Trump just, he, he's with, with the people in a very different way, from a manipulative way. He makes people see something that's not there or very different from reality. And Biden is more like, you know, old school, I'm going to go kiss the babies, I'm going to, you know, shake hands and all that stuff. And again, I have no illusions, you, you know, you, you can't be totally transparent when you get to the top, because you got, you got skeletons in your closet, and you got too many people who want to exploit those skeletons. But on a relative level, in this particular case of this past election, you had that kind of battle, again, in a very simplistic, overly simplified way. So, in other words, uh, the presidential election shows that both sides could really make it to the top. So, you could either be empathetic or you could be kind of like a psychopath. And either of those could be people who are at the top of the food chain, at a business, at a job, at a presidential election, and so forth. I mean, if you look at the classic paradigm that we learn in Psych 101, hawks versus ducks, right? Um, just a classic experiment. When you have a group of people, say 100 people, and 100 students, right? And in that group of 100 students, let's say everyone in the beginning is afraid of conflict. They're ducks. Okay. Then you have someone in the beginning who, you know, speaks up and is, let's say, belligerent. Okay, Fine. You know, you have one or two, they're, they're put down because everyone seeks peace. But if you have enough hawks, enough people that stir trouble cause, you know, discord, then at a certain point, the balance tips in the other direction. Then it, it pays more to be a hawk than to stay a dove. Okay, so a, yeah. lot of, a lot of this kind of historical back and forth, again, I, I'm vastly oversimplifying it, but just, just for a simple image, right? At a certain point, you have an, kind of an inflection where there are many more uh, hawks than ducks, right? And everybody, all the hawks are basically trying to kill each other. In that situation, it pays to be a dove because you stay the hell out of the way and let the hawks kill each other. And then you're the one that yeah. survives. Okay. 
So it's, <laughs> it's, it's very similar in this regard, right? If, let's say, everyone is, is running as this, like, you know, corrupt, two-faced politician, and everyone sees that, and then there's, like, the one guy who looks, at least looks honest, at least behaves in a relatively transparent way, then, you know, if that guy keeps up the image and the, the Hawks are distracted with each other trying to remove the others from the campaign, then, yeah, the, the, dove, the dove will win. Again, the relative dove. Okay, the political so, dove. <laughs> so that's it. I guess the hard part Sorry. of everything is you already know that the Hawks are going to be at the top, and while you're moving your way up as a dove... How is it that you work with the Hawks without getting, like, demolished and crushed to, like, a million little pieces and, like, maintain your position and maybe one day even surpass them? So look at it like this, right? Psychopath has a very negative connotation, rightly so. But if you think about it, there are very many, I mean, I don't know, actually, maybe there are not very many people. So there's at least a certain proportion of people in this world that are very emotionally astute. They can read other people very, very accurately. Not only read those people, but predict their behavior. Okay? Imagine you're someone like that, because again, maybe you've been screwed over a million times in your life. Maybe you were naive. Maybe you were overly sensitive as a kid, right? You pick up everything. And it, yeah, it hurts you because again, you have no safety net. But you grow up, let's say you find a way to, to be stronger and you know you keep your mouth shut, you observe a lot, people's interactions, tipping points, inflection points, you name it. Okay? You spend your you know probably a lot more than ten thousand hours just observing people and what makes them tick. And maybe you'll become a good coach. Maybe you're gonna be very good in whatever you do because you know how to push people's buttons. You have a choice, right? When you're someone like that, I think it's Probably in the end, it's, it's not that common, but okay, fine. So maybe you can choose one side. You go into psychopath mode and you say, you know what? I'm a victim. I'm, I'm just going to put everyone out of my way because I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I deserve it. I'm going to just trample everyone and I'm going to get to the top. Or you can say, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I'm ambitious. I want to get to the top, but I don't need to be a psychopath. I'm going to use my superpowers for good, right? I mean, there's, there's, that kind of, there's that kind of inflection point, right? Someone becomes two-faced and someone becomes bad. Okay, so at that point, if, if you're predisposed, I mean, you know, if you have religious faith and you really believe that you have to use your uh, superpowers for good, or maybe it's not even about religion, it's about your inner, inner forces, Okay? You're drawn toward the positive. So maybe you're going to use uh, that incredible emotional intelligence in uh, solving crimes, or maybe you're going to do it uh, to help people, I don't know, change careers, or maybe you're going to help uh, certain politicians that you believe in get elected to office, right? I mean, there's this paradigm of, um, every, with every new election, there's a flood of uh, 29-year-olds that leave law school to go and then kind of work in the middle ranks of every government agency. I, I heard this from a, a lawyer that went to the same law school as they did. So you have a bunch of those really idealistic kids, because 29 is still a kid, going and, and taking their idealism to you know, plug it into the system to help uh, you know, whatever cause or agenda. So you don't have to use your superpowers for the bad. I mean, you know, that's your choice. 
You can go use it for the good. You can do it for the benefit of the public through policy. You can do it through medicine. You can even do it through finance or consulting or whatever your field is. Influence people positively, right? Empower them, trust them, help them to move forward and, and just show them by example that you don't have to be a psychopathic prick to make it somewhere in life. Yeah, I think that's a really good answer, and I really do appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, it's about time for us to hop off to another commercial break. Uh, Yuri's book, uh, Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief, is on Amazon right now in the ebook format and will be out in hardcover soon. And you said people could find you at yurikruman.com, correct? Yes. Okay, and you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Yuri Kruman, the author of Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief. So, Yuri, I had a question for you. Um, oh, uh, before I get to that question, what we talked about in the previous section is a lot about like um, rising up to the top, 
how there's a lot of psychopaths up there, but also people who unveil themselves deeply and intimately also are at the top as well. And how uh-huh. it really leaves room for both types of people to be up there. So you don't have to be the type of person who just goes and crushes everyone. And there's also room yep. at the top for anyone else out there as well. Um, uh-huh. So I have a question for you, Yuri. So let's say you pick up this copy of Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief, you make it your own philosophy, you want to go out there, you want to rise up to the top, that becomes your new goal. Uh, You go through the different steps from the health phase that you talked about to the communication and all the other things that you kind of discuss in the book. Uh, What what happens if you, like, don't make it per se? So first of all, we have to define, right, everyone is, is... Very concerned success, success, success. You have to define success for yourself. Right? Success does not have to be dollar signs or you know how big your house is or uh, <laughs> I don't know family size or what have you. It, it's it's very subjective. You know, I look at success as something that's emergent from doing work that you love, that you're really good at, and where that adds massive value, which is really the zone of genius. So if you dwell in your zone of genius long enough, yes, you have to work hard, no doubt about it, but you have to also be smart, always learning, always leveling up. You know, success will happen almost, you know, by default, because you stuck around long enough to see something through. But the point of the book is not, oh, here I am at the top of the mountain, I finished, you know, four four parts and I did all the worksheets. Okay, congratulations, of course, that's the first step. Now that you're at the top, it's not like kumbaya, let's light a fire and you know, we're, we're good to go. It's really saying, look, I just, I went through a path. I've learned some about the path. Now I can go up and down that path and address any specific issue more directly. So it's, if you want to speak in military terms, you have visibility of your landscape now that you're at the top, right? Now you can send in, let's say, special forces from a helicopter down onto any spot on that mountain in, in any of those four areas and really work on it. I'll give you an example. Let's say, uh, you know, you had a kid in the last year, and especially if it's your first kid, you're thrown for a loop. Your time management is completely and utterly out of whack. You used to be super well put together and you're, you're underslept, your work is suffering, you know, probably your relationship with your wife is a little bit tenuous because whatever, you're exhausted. <laughs> you didn't know what it's like to have a kid. So let's say yeah. you read the book and you kind of rediscover yourself. Now you can go back to that chapter and say, okay, how do I rejigger my time management? I need my time back. I need to redo my schedule. I need to set boundaries. I need to push people to my scheduler. I need to time box. I need to make sure that I work on strategy and, and brainstorming and creative stuff, not just you know calls, calls, calls. How do I do that? So then you send your proverbial special forces team down to that place. You arrange your life in this very actionable way and you push people to your scheduler. You set your boundaries and, you know, within a few days, a couple of weeks, you start feeling like, ah, oh, I'm myself again. Like I have, I, I remember who I am. I know why I'm here. I'm not going to let people push me around. I know where I'm going and I know what this is for. Yeah. And that's, that's really what this is. Awesome. So basically, it's uh, more of a roadmap to get you onto the right track and the right direction of where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a map, right? You need to know where you're going, what, what are the different milestones on that map. But also, 
it's it's a roadmap, right? You need to know what's next. If you're a product manager, right, um, you, you need to think, well, what feature do I build next, right? The feature that will get me into this particular market or that I can upsell or that, you know, will put this platform in line with my values and mission and so on and so forth, right? Often you have to just think in that way. I have to ship product, so I have to work in an 80-20 manner. You can't be a perfectionist. You just have to do something, put it in practice, and, and move on. Keep going. Keep iterating. Keep adding, let's say, micro habits, right? Um, our, our good uh, good friend and model James Altucher talks about this a lot, right? You try to improve 1% a day in some part of your life. You're going to fail a lot of the time, but at least you're trying, you're moving, you're, you're adjusting your behavior, you're adjusting the way you see the world. So you're, you're moving, you're growing, you're, you're progressing somewhere. And that's, in a way, that's the whole point, right? When you're doing that long enough, even if it's a tiny bit, it's incremental, you're going to reach a place where one day you say, you know what, I'm, I am at the next level. And now I can go to the top of that level and maybe charge three times as much for my time or I can hang out with executives now, I can join certain, you know, mind, uh, um, what's it called, masterminds, right? I can do all these different things because I've made it to this level. Is there a higher level? Almost always. There's almost always a higher level. Even if you make it to president slash commander-in-chief, well, you made it for one term, buddy, right? Like, there's always someone who made it for two terms. <laughs> okay, well, if even if you made, made it to two terms, well, there was, you know, FDR, and he was there for three plus, right? Almost four. So there's there's no such thing as like that's it you know I've reached the top there's always there's always a, a higher top like, and in the end you realize okay I'm just I'm just a human I'm a nothing anyway but I was put here on earth for a certain mission and that mission is what you have to discover there's a great quote by Mark Twain you know the two the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you realize why okay so success is is First of all, understanding what is your mission. Why did God put you on this earth? Yes, why God put you through all that you know, trauma and difficulty and challenges, but also what do you do with that? Whom do you help? How, how do you coach people, consult them? Yeah, you can make lots of money from that, but you, you first have to be focused and aligned on what you're doing to help other people. And the more people you help, Incidentally, the more revenue you're going to bring in, the better you're going to be able to set up your family. You know, if, if your success is defined by I have to be, you know, at the very top of some administration or organizational structure, ironically, that's the best way not to reach it. Because you're not really focused on the right thing. You're just focused on being a psychopathic asshole. And you're probably not yeah. that good at it because you're not, you know, that's not your makeup. <laughs> Yeah, I think another problem that a lot of people face is they'll make an arbitrary date where they kind of want to achieve things. Like, oh, I need to be successful by, like, my 30th birthday, for example. But mm -hmm. I think when you kind of think about it from the commander-in-chief model, like, even just to apply to be in the presidential role, you have to be about 35 years old. And then when you look at the people who are act actually elected into these roles, they're usually in between the ages of, like, 60 and 70. So a lot mm -hmm. of people try to have that success at that younger age when it really takes a lifetime to really pull it out and bring it to the top. 
Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Forbes uh, 30 under 30 is not some kind of magic uh, <laughs> magic imprimatur. So they're, they're set for life. It's not like that. Right? There are things that you absolutely can't control, you know, like uh, life and death or life cycle events. You know, today one looks to be the king, tomorrow is totally fallen and he's a nothing, and vice versa, right? I mean, you have lots of stories in, in the Bible, if nothing else, right? The biblical Joseph. I mean, hell, look, he was sold by his brothers, right? <laughs> because of his code, and then he ended up in Egypt and in, uh, in prison for, you know, falsely accused of being a a seducer, and um, next thing you know, he interprets dreams, and two years later, he's the, you know, the Pharaoh's viceroy, he's the number two. So, you know, these are, these are not trivial stories, it's not, it's not just like a nice fairy tale. These things happen in real life, and in fact, if you look at the nature of what it means to be American, it's all about your reinvention, right? There's so many, I don't know, former hucksters, I don't know, you have your Wolf of Wall Street, all those types, Michael Milken, right? that come back and say, oh, you know, now I'm a great philanthropist. Okay, well, sure, yeah, in America we embrace that. In Europe, you know, you're, you're branded for life. You're a criminal. I mean, hell, entrepreneur yeah. used to mean you're probably a pimp in France, right, not too long ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, everything is relative. So you, you, have to, you have to really, you know, set things for yourself. For me, a very different paradigm of what success is is looking at the moment and the situation. It's not looking at, you know, your level right now or your title or your bank account. That's all bullshit. Look at where you are in the moment. How are you reacting to a stress, a challenge, something, you know, some kind of chaos? How are you doing it? Right? Are you reacting in a better way than you would have reacted when you were younger and more foolish and, and, and less focused? That's the real question. It's your vector. Where is that vector pointing? You know, that's, yeah. that's the, real, the real point. Have you grown? Have you changed? Have you improved? Have you made progress? That, to me, is success. And we, we talked about this during uh, the break, but um, there's one very, very important subject, which I think is, is sorely overlooked as, as, you know, let's see, part of mental models and life skills. It's something as simple as managing expectations. Right? The reason that so many people in our time are miserable out of their mind, even though on paper it looks like you're living a pretty good life, you're making six figures plus, you live in this house, you know, you've got a beautiful life, what, what the hell do you have to complain about? Right? The reason is because their expectations are vastly misaligned. They're looking left and right, they're looking at the goalposts that other people set for them, or that they... Mm-hmm. Perhaps, you know, they looked at someone else's goalposts and said, oh, those must be like mine. So if your yeah. goalposts are always shifting or they don't belong to you, yeah, you're going to be bloody miserable, no matter how, how fat your bank account is or how good things look on paper, because you're, you're not looking at yourself. That's, that's the yeah, first thing. Yeah, I can thing. definitely so, see. Yes. Yeah. Oh, go on. When you, when you look, yeah, no, I'm just saying managing expectations is not just about yourself. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you expect? If you want to be president when you're 35, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be another failure, right? I've, I've seen yeah. this a lot with the coaching clients, right? Especially, let's say, either immigrants or like fr- from the Soviet Union, like myself, right? Or, or people that, um, you know, have massive expectations heaved upon them by parents. So people come and they're like, oh, you know, 
uh, we didn't come to this country for you to twiddle your thumbs. Like, you got to go and get that, you know, law degree from Yale. And if you don't, or if, I don't know, if you don't make it to Carnegie Hall, you're a failure. You're a nothing. And maybe the parents didn't actually say that, but they feel that because it's like, look, you know, we were under the Soviet Union and, you know, there, there were anti-Semites everywhere. They repressed us. Like, imagine how far we would have gone if we were in your place. And you're like, well, but I'm American. Like, I grew up here. And like, well, that's not an excuse. You know, so their expectations for you are vastly, you know, different from what you may even expect from yourself. But you don't get to have your own expectations because, I don't know, you're an immigrant kid. And, like, they came here for, for you so you could thrive. And if you don't thrive according to their standards, well, then who the hell are you? Why, why did we come here? Right? Very heavy stuff. So a lot of the times you have to adjust your expectations in fact, ironically, I would say if you come from a background like that, you need to basically get rid of your expectations. You need to say, you know what, hmm. I'm not going to think about the imprimatur. I'm not going to think about my LinkedIn profile, my title, my company. I'm going to think about how am I reacting in this situation? Am I doing the right thing by this person? Am I living according to my values? You know, am, am I am I learning? Am I growing? Am I you know am I a decent human being that at least tries to do the right thing? Right. That in some ways is more important because uh, Nuriel talks about this concept a lot in his book, Indistractable. Right. Everything that you do in any moment, any decision you make, either gives you traction toward being your best self and growing toward the person that you want to be. Or it distracts you, right? It gets you away from that. And it's the same idea yeah. with that 1% improvement. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And it's really good to go out there and set your and manage your expectations. Uh, Yuri, I wanted to thank you so much for sharing all of your insights with us today. Everyone who is listening to the show, be sure to check out. I'll be your own commander-in-chief and pick up your copy on Amazon. Uh, check out Yuri's website at yurikruman.com. Uh, is there any final uh, word that you wanted to say to our audience real quickly? There's one thing um, that I would say is very important, another one of my maxims. Often we don't ask for what we need because we either don't know how to ask or we don't know what to ask for. But the key piece is if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So you have to ask. Always ask for help. Worst case, you're going to get a no. Um, often you'll get either some kind of help or you know, guidance. And sometimes that's what you need. Awesome. And a lot of this help you could find by asking yourself a question like, do I actually probably really need this book? And the answer is probably yes. So that's a question uh -huh. that you should probably be asking for yourself. So go and check out Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief. Uh, check out Yuri Kruman at yurikruman.com. You can always find me at Twitter at Mr. Leonard Kim. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.